share a little more extensively than the drash that's no, normally given. On the Parsha today, uh, we have the tragic story of the 12 spies surveying the promised land. And the unfortunate outcome of this story is that an entire generation died in the wilderness instead of inheriting the promised land. When I read the story, I think, what went wrong? It makes me think every time I read it and reflect on what were the Israelites thinking and how much like them we are. What were they expecting to happen? And what are our expectations when we come into the kingdom of Adonai? Did they expect no effort on their part at all? And do we think that being in the kingdom of God alleviates us of effort to inherit God's promises in our lives? I believe that often we as the people of God are overwhelmed with life, stressed out, burdened down, discouraged, and just plain old sad people to behold. Uh, And this is totally opposite of what we should be. We should be joyful, overcomers, content, and enjoying the life in the kingdom of God. We shouldn't be blown away by adversity, but we should embrace it and work through it to victory. One of my favorite verses from the book of Tehillim is shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous of the Lord. But to have a shout of victory means there has to be a battle that has been won. So how can we avoid the same outcome as the children of Israel? Who wants to die without receiving the promise of Adonai in their life? Not me. I want to inherit every promise that God has spoken to me. The key is being like Caleb and Yehoshua, Caleb and Joshua. Caleb said when he came back from the spying the land, we can surely go up and take the land. He understood the principles of the kingdom of God that would bring victory into his life and allow him to inherit the promised land. He not only knew them intellectually, which a lot of us do, but he applied them in his life. And that's why 40 years later at 80 years old, listen to me, 80 years old, okay, he declared, I am just as strong now as I was 40 years ago, and I am ready to go up and take this mountain. Amen? That's the spirit that we need to have. He knew how to walk victorious in his life, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how big the giants, no matter how difficult the task, no matter how large the mountain. And we need to walk in that same spirit. So what are these principles that we can apply in our lives that will enable us, first of all, to walk in victory and not defeat? Secondly, to help us shake off the shackles of Hasatan and walk with joy in our step. As I said Wednesday night in the women's meeting, I love the word joy, but it's so often missing from the body of Messiah, and yet we should be the most joyful of people. If for no other reason, our names are written in the book of life. That should make us leap and jump for joy like crazy, right? So whether these principles help us to do that and will help us and allow us to actually look like we're enjoying life. Instead of dragging our feet around and walking with our heads hanging down. See, when I think of Caleb and Joshua, I don't think they were dragging their feet around. Even though, as we're talking about, they ended up going 40 years through the wilderness too. Not because of their unbelief, but because of the unbelief of others. I don't think they care a copped an attitude. And I think they walked through that 40 years with great expectation of when they were going to receive the promise. 
And so we want to have these principles in our lives so, again, we can look like we enjoy life. And finally, these principles will help bring us to the place where we actually see the promises of God become a reality in our lives. Because that's what happened for Caleb and Joshua, isn't it? Forty, it took 40 years, but they did inherit the promised land. Caleb went up and he claimed his mountain and his inheritance, and God wants us to do the same. So I have a few principles here, not exhaustive list, but uh, get your pen out and write these down, and, uh, and I'll post my little thing on the Facebook page as well if you don't have a pen. First of all is stay focused on the right thing. Adonai and his promises. Kalev recognized that it would require much effort and energy on his part to stay focused. He wasn't looking at the size of the inhabitants of the land. He wasn't concerned about their fortified cities. He had one plan, and that was to take possession of what God had promised him. And in order to do that, he knew he had to keep his focus on God, who had promised the land to the children of Israel. The rest of the children of Israel only saw the fortified cities and how big the people seemed. We encourage people all the time, be reading the word of God, memorize scriptures. Why? So that you can stay focused on who God is and the promises that he has made in his word, just like Caleb did, so that you can inherit God's promises for your life. The second thing I want to encourage you today, principle from this story, is don't give in to doubt and unbelief. Ten spies came back and said the situation was impossible. The majority of the children of Israel listened to that report, giving in to doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief comes in when we take our eyes off the author and finisher of our faith. When we take our eyes off the main thing, the awesome God that we serve, who is all-powerful and always, say with me, always, always fulfills his word and his promise. And when they took their eyes off him, they gave in to doubt and unbelief. And these are the words of doubt and unbelief. We are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than us. We appear like grasshoppers in our eyes, and that's how we were in their eyes. So I'm going to encourage you this morning, don't develop a grasshopper complex. A grasshopper complex is one of doubt and unbelief. The third thing I want to encourage you with this morning is you always have a choice. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. You always have a choice. And this part you may not like, your choice always has a consequence. Your choice always has a consequence. On that day that the spies came back, each person had a choice, and the choices they made determined their future. It is so easy to blame other people, or even worse, to blame God for the consequences of the decisions that we have made in our life. Rabbi Michael, my husband, and I were talking about this concept during the week. People get so frustrated, and we hear over and over, I'm so frustrated, and why is my life not going how I think it should, and why am I not inheriting the promises of God, and, and why is this happening, and etc. and yet they're never willing to assume responsibility for the choices that they have made. You see, each man and woman standing there when they heard the report of the spies, They could have said, we believe the report of the Lord. 
We agree with Joshua and Caleb. Let's go up and take possession of the land that God has promised us. However, we know that's not what happened. And we know the outcome. Only two men of that generation were allowed to enter into the promised land. That was the consequence of their choice to believe that God was able to take them into the land. The remaining people, hundreds of thousands, never saw the promised land. It was not because God was not able. It's not because his arm was too short to bring them in. It's not because uh, there were uh, strong inhabitants in the land who lived there and that they were weaker than. It is simply because of the choice they made. The consequences of their choice was that they died in the wilderness without ever seeing the promised land. You always have a choice, and every choice you make will have a consequence with it. I just have a couple more here. Number four, be careful who you're listening to. Be careful who you're following. I preached a sermon and wrote a booklet years ago, which is often out on the table, when the majority was wrong. This is one of the times when the majority was wrong. The majority, again, were not focused on God or his promises, and the people should have listened to Caleb and Yehoshua, but they didn't. Don't listen to people who don't believe in the power and promises of God and in his character, who he says he is, and, uh, and that he is the God who keeps his promises. In other words, surround your pe- yourself with people of faith. People who will challenge you in difficult situations. People who will encourage you to press forward instead of shrinking back. People who will tell you the truth in love without whitewashing it down. You don't want people who are going to tickle your ears and say, oh, you're all right, all right, when you're going the wrong direction and ready to fall off a cliff. You hear what I'm saying? Someone? Yeah? You need to surround yourself with people who know that God is a good God and that God always keeps his promises. People who know that nothing is too difficult for God. People who will agree with you in faith and stand with you until you see the promise of God in your life. Be careful who you're listening to and who you hang out with. And finally, I want to encourage you to contend for your promise. As I mentioned a few seconds ago, the people of Israel must have had misplaced expectations. They obviously didn't think that they had to go in to fight to inherit the promise. We are called to partner with Hashem, with Adonai, to co-labor with him. And every promise he has made, we know, is yes and amen through Yeshua the Messiah. But that doesn't mean we just sit back. And watch it happen. We have to contend and fight the enemy of our souls, who does not want us to receive the blessings and promises of Adonai, who does not want us walking in victory, who wants to suck every ounce of joy and peace from your life. You have to resist him. Caleb and Joshua were willing to fight for their inheritance. If you won't fight for what is rightfully yours, who will? Who will contend for the salvation of your family? Who will stand for the restoration of your marriage? Who will engage the enemy until he lets go of your children? Who will resist the forces of darkness that stand in the way of the promises for your life? 
who will contend and fight to see a great revival among our Jewish people, if not us. Friends, we must each fight for our promises and encourage one another in the battle. That is what Joshua and Caleb did, and they received received exactly what God had promised. So I'm going to encourage as I close here, don't be like the ten spies who gave in to fear and shrunk back to destruction, but have the same spirit as Caleb and Yehoshua. Declare in the face of your situation and circumstances, I am able to go up and take this mountain and claim my promise. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we return the Torah scroll to the ark. Join me in the blessings. <clears throat> 